Hey, I'm Sheena, former miserable corporate attorney turned full-time calligrapher and creative entrepreneur. I used to feel like I was living my life for other people, and now I am more true to myself than ever. And each week, I'm sharing a short but powerful lesson that I've learned on that journey. So if you're looking for a way to get more creativity and possibility into your life, you're so in the right place. Let's dive right in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Sheena Show. How are y'all doing? It's July 11th, 2023, as I record this. Summer is officially started. It's getting hot here in Southern California. Um, and we've been enjoying it. I, yeah, we've just um, been having a lot of pool parties and people over. And that's exactly what we wanted when um, we bought this house and we put in a pool in the backyard and kind of made it like a very party friendly backyard. Um, it's because my husband loves entertaining. Um, and I enjoy having, you know, meeting new people and having more in-depth conversations with them. <laughs> but we're definitely kind of like an extrovert introvert pair. He can talk to people all day and we'll be out socializing until six in the morning. And, you know, after a few hours, I'm like, I need to go take a nap in my room. So that's what I do. <laughs> and that's why we navigate parties. Um, so anyway, that aside, I'd love to hear actually how your summer is going. Um, DM me over on Instagram at Crooked Calligraphy and let me know. And honestly, I will, I will chat you back. <laughs> okay. So what I wanted to get into this episode is how to practice consistently. And since I'm a calligrapher and I teach people how to do calligraphy, I'm going to be speaking specifically about calligraphy, but this really can go towards anything, any craft or art or even building a business or exercise, whatever it is, um, that requires consistency, that requires you to just, you know, keep showing up. And I wanted to record this episode because I, you know, talk to my people, my audience all the time um, and asked, you know, what do you want to buy from me? What would help you? And so many people responded, oh, I, I really want to get back into calligraphy and I need to practice, but I just, I keep putting it off or I don't practice as much as I should, or, ah, I like sit down to write and I just, I don't know what to, what to write. And I kind of fell off the horse and it starts to feel like someone even actually told me this specifically that it's was starting to feel like trying to force themselves to go to the gym to exercise. That that's what their calligraphy practice was starting to feel like. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> that sounds terrible. That sounds terrible. Um, and I do not, that's not how I teach calligraphy at all. I do not want to it to feel like a forced, willpower-driven thing. Um, and I understand where you're coming from. I totally get it. So I wanted to address that and kind of pull from my own experience. I'm going to talk about my sort of personal experience with really forced willpower, discipline driven practice, my classical piano um, life experience and exercise and dieting too, because that's a huge area where I've struggled with discipline. I put discipline in quotes um, and kind of leading into part two, which is why, which is how like discipline actually is just, it's, it's not the answer. 
I really don't feel like it's the answer. And then we're going to get into part three, what actually is the answer and what might help you um, to actually sit down and write and have it feel fun. All right. So part one, um, I don't know how many of you know this, but I played classical piano for 13 years. I started when I was five years old. I think I came home from kindergarten one day and there was a pianist there showing us the piano and I got really excited about it. And I told my mom, 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 I want to play piano. It was really cool. And my mom asked, are you sure? And I said, yeah. And then I wasn't allowed to quit for 13 years. (laughs) Kind of a joke, but kind of not. Um, Because my mom was one of those really strict Korean moms who, you know, she was going to force me to do that shit because it was for my own good and it was really good for my brain and for me to get into college. And so I played like hardcore classical piano, none of that diddly, you know, pop music nonsense, no fun songs, no Disney, um, just, you know, Bach and Mozart and Beethoven and Rachmaninoff for 13 years. And for a huge portion of that, I practiced every single day for an hour And the only reason I did that was because my mom was sitting on the living room couch, making sure I practiced for an hour. My sister too. We really, we have a lot of memories of our mom (laughs) sitting there and making sure we were actually doing what we were supposed to be doing. So the good thing that came out of that is that I got really freaking good at piano. I was playing really beautiful, gorgeous, difficult pieces. Um, I, I, I kind of regret that I can't do that anymore because you know what happened? As soon as I got out of that forced discipline, as soon as someone was not looking over my shoulder, making sure I did it, I stopped as soon as I went off to college, just didn't ever practice. And I lost all of that piano ability. I'm sure I could pick it up now if I really put in the work. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm so glad that I had that experience. I'm sure it did amazing things for my brain. I have a foundation in music, you know, but I don't, it's not lasted me through life, right? Because the, it was this outside discipline that had no inner motivation. The motivation was really fear. It wasn't love. Right. You know how I like a distinction between fear and love. You can really feel that in your bones. So the other personal experience I have, you know, that really comes to mind is exercise and dieting. And holy crap. I mean, I am a, you know, cis female, very femme presenting woman um, in this society. And for most of my life, struggled hard with my body and thinking I was fat and thinking I had to exercise and diet. And you know how that goes. Diet, willpower, force, discipline for, you know, maybe a few weeks, maybe a few months, and then you lose it all. And it all comes back. And I just was in this terrible cycle of dieting and gaining back the weight and exercising and not and beating myself up. And I just would never, ever want to go back to that. 
So this is why when I hear from people who follow me that, oh, I really want to get good at calligraphy, but honestly, making myself sit down and do it kind of feels like exercise. I I kind of like, no, I cringe inside. Like it, it doesn't have to be that way. Because here's kind of what I figured out. This is getting into part two. Discipline, forced discipline, willpower always leads to rebellion. Unless your underlying motivation is right. So I, I kind of... um was having an interesting discussion about traditional, historically-based calligraphy scripts, you know, that whole world, versus modern calligraphy, which is much more loose, uh, less by the rules. And I think in a lot of traditional calligraphy um, learning paradigms, there is this, you really need to write shapes and letters over and over and over again and really get it into your muscle memory and the only way you're going to get the exacting consistency and the fineness of strokes and the control that you need is to just practice over and over and over again and i've heard this from calligraphy students who tried to learn calligraphy before and failed because teachers told them to do stuff like write five pages of the letter E and try and really do it correctly. And they were like, this is not fun. This blows. I don't want to do this. And I'm thinking, yeah, of course. Like who would want to do that in their free time, right? They come home from a long day at work and you come home and you want a nice relaxing hobby that fills you up and is fun. And you just kind of have to willpower your way into rows and rows and rows of letters or drills. Well, but I was thinking about it a little bit farther, like deeper. And I think what it is, is that people who practice traditional calligraphy and really put, have that discipline to really get the angles perfect and the transitions perfect and the lines perfectly smooth and the ovals perfectly ovalish. They have discipline, but I think, I suspect that they're motivated by something that's more like love instead of fear. The people who stick to it anyway. And being motivated by love might look like, I, I admire this craft. I just, I really adore the, you know, the history that's in this script. I like looking at old historical hundreds of years old exemplars, you know, and seeing how can I, how can I get that level of artistry in there? That's a discipline that comes out of love, I think, versus a discipline that comes kind of out of fear, right? which looks like I got to sit down and do all the drills and do it slowly and do it perfectly right so that I can get it all perfect so that I can be a perfect calligrapher one day. Um, And if I don't do it exactly right, I'm going to fail and I'll be just a mess. And I knew I could never do it. And that kind of motivation that I, you know, I hope you can kind of hear it in the way that I said it, right. That really fear-based, I'm not good enough. I I know it deep inside and this calligraphy practice is going to confirm it for me. That kind of motivation, 
oh, that is never going to sustain you in the long run, right? How can you sit down <laughs> and, and keep doing that day after day, right? So really, I think many of you all, especially if you listen to this podcast, especially if you follow me, because um, I tend to tend to attract people very like me, perfectionists, people who go above and beyond, overachievers, people pleasers, rule followers. Can I get a, are y'all out there nodding your heads? So if that's you um, and practice, calligraphy practice is feeling like, ugh, I got to go to the gym and exercise instead of a really fun and joyful thing that you get to do for yourself. I suspect that perfectionism and fear is the reason. So that's something to look at, huh? Like, why? Why do you want to get good at calligraphy? What do you want to get out of it? Not just the getting good, but the, the process itself. And here's where I go into part three. And I'm going to sort of run down the three M's that I've just seen kind of, I used to be a psychology major in college, so I'm really interested in psychology. And I just came across this research that said, okay, to really stick to something, you need these three M's. So I'm going to go through them really quick for you. First M is mastery. Second M is mindfulness. Third M is mattering. So let's go through them. Mastery. And this does not mean being like a, a Jedi master, a Yoda, a, like a perfect, a master penman. That, that's not what this means. It means a sense that you can do this, a sense of small, step-by-step, -step, kind of incremental forward momentum that you can see that occasionally has a, um, oh my God, I can really do this moment where you maybe leap forward a little bit. That's the kind of mastery that they're talking about. Just this sense of, wow, I'm progressing. And it doesn't have to be linear progression at all. It can be like one day you're doing a little bit worse, but then the next day, ooh, maybe you, you know, your muscles just kind of relax into it a little bit. It's, it's taking on something that is challenging, but ultimately doable. So that's mastery. And already you might get a sense of if you are just trying to practice calligraphy and just writing random things or writing rows and rows of letters because that's what you think you have to do or writing. <laughs> Someone just wrote an email to me and said like, oh God, I'm so tired of just writing sticks and circles. Like, can you please give me something better to do? <laughs> right? If that's the kind of practice you're doing and it's not sort of designed to show you that you can, you can get incrementally better. If it's not set up strategically in a way that, you know, you can kind of see your progress. If it just feels like an interminable row after row of letters, then yeah, you're not going to get that mastery piece, right? Okay, let's go to number two, mindfulness. So again, mindfulness is not just, you know, sitting still on a cushion at the top of a mountain, thinking of nothing, which who can do that? I, I cannot. Um, I get my mindfulness from calligraphy. Honestly, it's just that feeling of being present and actively noticing what you're doing. 
just being tuned into something. And here's the thing, you don't need a lot of time to drop into mindfulness. I know like some people meditate for, you know, 30, 40 minutes, an hour a day. And the first, this is a little bit of an aside, but the first meditation that I ever did was at this Buddhist Zen center and we did two hours of meditation and that is a lot. So no, you don't need that. You can, you can drop into mindfulness in just in minutes, in seconds. That's that feeling when like you've loaded up your nib with ink and then it hits the page and you just, you feel your senses relax and focus and you feel yourself kind of getting quiet inside and you just start tuning into the ink and how it's flowing and your muscles are working together and you're really noticing that feeling. It's, it's like you can get that in five minutes. And then once you drop in and you kind of stay there, that's that feeling of like, oh, time just flew by, right? So again, mindfulness, if when it comes to calligraphy practice, If you're just doing rows and rows and rows of letters or sticks and circles or drills or shapes or whatever you're doing, and it gets boring and it gets enough, it's repetitive enough that you can just kind of like tune out, then you're not really in mindfulness, right? You're kind of, maybe your mind drifts and you're thinking about other things and your, your hand is just going and you're not really paying attention. And this, by the way, is not a great way to practice. You can put in an hour this way, just mindlessly writing and actually do damage because you're, you're practicing the wrong way. Like you're getting the wrong habits into your muscle memory. So I really, I'm like, don't do that. And it's boring, right? So here we can see mindfulness. If you had, you know, kind of more of an intentional practice where you're really, maybe it's shorter little spurts or you have various exercises or you're writing something interesting, right? And you can really focus in on it. That would bring in more mindfulness. Okay, third one, mattering. So again, mastery, mindfulness, mattering. These are the three M's that psychologists have found really can increase the likelihood that you actually stick to something and show up consistently and do it and practice it enough to get really good. So number three, mattering. And I think this is the part that a lot of people miss out on, even if they get the mastery and mindfulness pieces. The mattering is is giving a sense of underlying purpose to what you're doing. So I like to encourage my students to get that sense of mattering by thinking of like little projects that they can do either for themselves or for the people in their lives. Writing a name on an envelope, writing a birthday card, um, you know, labeling an oil bottle, writing a gift tag, making the signs in their, you know, the doctor's office that they work in, all, any of these things, this can all go towards this sense that what you're doing matters, right? That you're, you're contributing. And a huge way that you can get this sense of mattering, this is why I tell my students to do these projects, is to focus on contributing to others. That can be a really, you know, big, easy way to do it. Um, And it can be really small. It doesn't have to be a huge earth shaking purpose. Like I'm going to heal, you know, mental illness around the world. No, it can be, 
I'm going to make my coworker feel a little less shitty today. I can do that. So mattering, I encourage you to just think about, okay, again, it goes back to that question of why, why am I doing calligraphy? What am I doing this for? Am I doing this out of just, I need to be perfect and I need to learn this skill perfectly. And if I don't, it will say terrible things about me. Or are you learning calligraphy out of love, out of wanting to do something for yourself, wanting to go after something you've always been curious about, wanting to maybe brighten someone else's day, wanting that sense of relaxation. These are all reasons, you know, that are out of love. So I hope that kind of going, especially down those three, right? Mastery, mindfulness, mattering, and kind of understanding that like that really forced discipline, if that's all you've been relying on to get you to practice, then of course you're not doing it. That's not your fault. (laughs) You're just approaching it a little bit, you know, um, unhelpfully. So I want to wrap this up with my philosophy when it comes to teaching calligraphy has always been about fun and forgiveness for yourself and playfulness and joy and never about rigid rules and discipline. So if you want to go outside the rules and write in a way that's not a traditionally, you know, uh, I don't know, a traditional script, or if you want to bend the rules a little bit, if you want to express yourself, if you want to practice a bunch and then take a break because that feels the best for you for even a few weeks and then come back in, right? Whatever you're doing that makes it feel fun and joyful and pleasurable, of course, then you'll come back to it, right? Versus as soon as you start thinking about it as, oh, I miss my daily practice. Oh, well, I better work twice as hard tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and, oh man, I oh, there's so much to do. I don't know if I, I'm just going to watch this Netflix and before I do it. And then you don't do it. And then it snowballs. And that's perfectionism. And that just doesn't serve anybody. I think it doesn't serve you. So I created something that kind of really goes with my philosophy (laughs) when it comes to calligraphy. And I'm really excited about it. And people have been super excited about it. So I wanted to tell you about it on this Sheena show. Um, I created this calligraphy practice workbook and it's called the Daily Calligraphy Quickie. And I blame that name solidly on you guys, my followers, because you all chose it. I kind of threw it out there as an option, like as a joke. (laughs) You know, it's funny, but like uh, surely I can't call um, a workbook that I'm selling a quickie. But everybody wanted quickie. (laughs) So I went with it. That's what it's called. It's called the Daily Calligraphy Quickie. And what it does is it is each page is a curated like 15 to 20 minutes of calligraphy practice. And it's not just rows and rows of letters. It's a mix of, you know, drills and shapes and letters that use those shapes. And sometimes there's fun doodles and sometimes there's weird words. And it just gives you like a strategically curated exactly what to practice each day option. And my hope is, with this is that it would bring you back to the pen 
if you have been away for a while because you never know what to write, right? And you've been beating yourself up about not practicing enough. So stop doing that. Or for people who are new, it would really give them a solid, like exact step-by-step that they could follow. So there's 16 days of curated practice. And I, you know, that's enough to really kind of get you back into things and get you started again. Because what I suspect will happen is as soon as you have something of a, of a guide, right? Because a plan can really, really help when you want to do something consistently. But when you have a loving guide that encourage you to, encourages you to like do it messy and it's okay if you miss a day and like for heaven's sake, don't feel like you have to fill in every single thing and write words, go off on a tangent if you want to, right? A loving guide that hits, you know, the mastery and the mindfulness and maybe a little bit of the mattering because it's kind of, a, oh, and now I want to, now I want to finish this workbook, right? I think that'd be cool. So I tried to build that all in to this workbook. Um, it's on mega sale right now. I wanted to launch it at a price that everybody could afford. Hopefully um, everybody can afford. It's $12 US, um, half price right now. So grab it at crookedcalligraphy.com slash quickie. <laughs> Q-U-I-C-K-I-E, quickie. Crookedcalligraphy.com slash quickie. Um, and it's it's an instant download, so you can access it right away and print it at home as many times as you want. And it comes with some fun bonuses too, like a little video on the best way to practice. My pause, P-A-U-S-E, practice method. Um, and a cup, uh, some other fun bonuses in there. It's like totally worth it. It's a steal for $12. So go grab it. It's at crookedcalligraphy.com slash quickie. Um, and hopefully that kind of is just a fun way for you to dip your toes back into some imperfect calligraphy practice. And even if you're not a calligrapher or if you're not actively practicing that, I hope that kind of breaking down this myth of discipline and what it means to practice consistently and the three M's kind of helps you to approach whatever it is in your life that you need a little bit of consistency with. So yeah, that's what I wanted to share with you today. I hope you have an amazing week. I hope maybe it's filled with some calligraphy and uh, if not calligraphy, at least some fun and creativity and playfulness, even if it's just a moment in your day. All right, I will see y'all next time. Oh, you're still here. That's awesome. That means that you like the show, right? Thank you for listening to the end. And I want to ask you a really quick favor. Could you take two seconds right now, literally right now, to just leave a rating on this podcast? And if you're feeling extra generous, write a one sentence review. It really helps more people like you to find this show. You are awesome. I'll see you next time.